Welcome to Illuminated by You, raising mental health awareness and reducing stigma. We're your hosts, Katherine Cottom and Joanne Phipps. Hey everyone, welcome back to Illuminated by You. This week we will be talking all about yoga, mindfulness, and meditation. Also, just a reminder to please have read by the 26th, the book of the month, which is The Secret Power of Yoga by Nishala Joy Devi. Information provided through Illuminated by You's website, blog, and podcast are for informational purposes only designed for the general education of the consumer. It is not, nor is it intended to be, a substitute for medical advice. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have about a medical condition. Never disregard the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider or delay in seeking it because of anything you heard on Illuminated by You's podcast, read on Illuminated by You's website, or saw on any of Illuminated by You's social media sites. I want to start off um, by reading a blog that I had originally posted um, and wrote for Lifeform, which is a yoga mat company. They're at Lifeform, L-I-F-O-R-M-E, on Instagram. I think that it's important when we talk about yoga, because a lot of people who maybe don't practice it aren't aware that yoga is only 10%, give or take, the actual physical postures or asanas, and the rest is practicing yoga away from your mat. The physical benefits of yoga are most often the appeal for beginners. It's what first meets the eye. Slender builds with defined muscles, abs that you could wash your shirt against, flexibility. But in a world of constant stress, violence, and traumatic experiences that have us feeling more anxious and depressed, in a world where mental illnesses are being talked about at much greater rates, possibly because they are being diagnosed at a much greater rate, or perhaps we are simply finally starting to shed the stigma around the term mentally ill, the yoga practice has benefits that run much deeper than what first meets the eye. Self-love through self-awareness. For me personally, this is one of my favorite non-physical aspects about my yoga practice, that it has allowed me to cultivate much more non-judgmental relationships with myself. When you build a sense of self, you're allowing yourself to ground in a confidence of self-trust. You become more confident in your abilities, less judgmental in what you see as your flaws, and more rooted into the center of the person you truly are. Namaste Calm Relaxation through breathing techniques and meditation helps reduce your body's physical symptoms of some of the most common mental illnesses, anxiety and depression. They help lower your blood pressure and to calm your mind. Developing a meditation routine that works for you can help you to become more present and capable of pinpointing the triggers that cause you to feel anxious or panicked, allowing yourself to feel the emotions, understand the emotions, and overcome the emotions. Unity. One of the biggest battles a person with mental illness can face is the constant feeling of never belonging, awkward, misunderstood, incapable to list a few of the self-inflicted insults that race through my own mind. Yoga creates a sense of unity, of belonging, an environment that is comfortable, filled with people of all abilities, all walks of life coming together to move and breathe and belong. May we be mindful. To be aware, balanced, allowing us to boost our focus and improve our memory, reduce our stress, and reduce our emotional reactivity, enhancing our self-insight, intuition, and reduction of fear. 
being aware of the present moment by being present in the moment while still accepting one's inner thoughts and feelings calmly and with rationale. I have post-traumatic stress disorder, panic disorder, and generalized anxiety. I always make it a point when I talk about my mental illnesses to say that I have a panic disorder or that I have obsessive tendencies. Living mindfully has taught me that a lot of the positive shifts that occur in life occur not with physical actions, but with the way we project ourselves into the world and in our own mind. I am a yogi, a mother, a wife, a best friend, a daughter. The things I have are undefining of my character. What I am is what makes me the person I've evolved into. It is rare in life that we find ourselves so present within our own being that we are aware of the exact moment we find ourselves at home. Not a building, four beautifully decorated walls and windows that overlook rolling hills, but the home that stirs within the soul with a calm that tells us we are exactly where the universe intended for us to be. Like so many others, I first came to my mat because life had left me feeling incomplete and broken. But I stayed because one day when I took that first step onto my mat, I felt whole and I knew that I was home. Next, I'm going to walk you guys through just a little short guided meditation to kind of give you guys an idea of being able to breathe deeply, relax your body as well as your mind. So go ahead and find a comfortable position, either seated or laying down. Begin this guided meditation by closing your eyes and feel your mind pause. Give your thoughts permission to leave you and take their own journey. Remember here you are safe, you are quiet, you are home. Inhale deeply. Allow the sense of relaxation to wash over you. Feel your body taking up space. Exhale. Allow your body to soften. This is your time for you. Abandon the weight you're carrying. Do not worry. Let your mind relax. Inhale, allow your worries to melt away. Exhale. Inhale. Allow your body to once again relax. 
exhale. Inhale. Allow your mind to relax. Exhale. Find peace mentally in the stillness. to stay in your chosen position, allowing your mind to rest. Please keep in mind when it comes to meditation that it is um, a journey. You don't just wake up one day and decide to meditate for 20 minutes and you're able to. Uh, start off meditating for a minute, then five minutes, ten minutes, so on. Um, for this particular guided meditation, the music came from the YouTube channel Yellow Brick Cinema and is entitled Relaxing Music. Mindful.org describes mindfulness as the basic human ability to be fully present, aware of where we are and what we're doing, and not overly reactive or overwhelmed by what's going on around us. They also say that it's something that we naturally possess, but it's more readily available to us when we practice on a daily basis, which is something that my therapist has uh, validated as well. And she always tries to get me to practice mindfulness, and sometimes I'm able to, and sometimes I'm not. Whenever you bring awareness to what you're directly experiencing via your senses or to your state of mind via your thoughts and emotions, you're being mindful. And there's growing research showing that when you train your brain to be mindful, you're actually remodeling the physical structure of your brain. Anyone can do mindfulness practice. There are no barriers. It doesn't matter how old you are, what your physical ability is, if you're religious or not. Mindfulness is not obscure or exotic. It's familiar to us because it's what we already do, how we already are. It takes many shapes and goes by many names. We all already have the capacity to be present, and it doesn't require us to change who we are, but we can cultivate these innate qualities with simple practices that are scientifically demonstrated to benefit us in many ways. 
Mindfulness is available to us in every moment, whether through meditations and body scans or mindful moment practices, like taking time to pause and breathe when the phone rings instead of rushing to answer it. One of the mindful things that I like to do is a grounding exercise where I do five things I can see, four things I can touch, three things I can smell, um, two things I can taste, and one thing I can hear. Or like you can swap up the numbers on that. But that's a really good way to bring yourself into mindfulness and to just ground yourself. The basics of mindfulness practice. Uh, set aside some time. You don't need like a meditation cushion or bench or any sort of special equipment to access your mindfulness skills, but you do need to set aside some time and space. You have to observe the present moment as it is. The aim of mindfulness is not quieting the mind or attempting to achieve a state of eternal calm. The goal is simple. We're aiming to pay attention to the present moment without judgment. It's easier said than done. When you're trying to meditate, I know like for me, I often have many thoughts that are, I, I feel like they're not supposed to be happening because I'm trying to meditate and I feel like I'm not supposed to be thinking. Um, but what my therapist taught me was that you just let them pass in front of you like a cloud. Let your thoughts go. Just be like, oh, there's a thought and then let it go because you're going to have thoughts, especially at first when you start trying to be mindful or meditating. Um, because it takes practice. It takes a lot of practice to, you know, be able to do it in a way that is helpful. Let your judgment roll by. When we notice judgments arise, arising during our practice, we can make a mental note of them and let them pass. Return to observing the present moment as it is. Our minds often get carried away in thought. That's why mindfulness is the practice of returning again and again to the present moment. Be kind to your wandering mind. If you do what I was talking about and you have thoughts crop up, don't judge yourself. Just practice recognizing when your mind has wandered off and gently bring it back. That's the practice. It's often been said that it's very simple, but it's not necessarily easy. The work is just to keep doing it. Results will accrue. Here are five science-backed reasons to meditate and practice mindfulness. Understand your pain. Pain is a fact of life, but it doesn't have to rule you. Mindfulness can help you reshape your relationship with mental and physical pain. Connect better. Ever find yourself staring blankly at a friend, lover, child, and you have no idea what they're saying? Mindfulness helps you give them your full attention. Lower stress. There's lots of evidence these days that excess stress causes lots of illnesses and makes other illnesses worse. Mindfulness decreases stress. Focus your mind. It can be frustrating to have our minds stray off what we're doing and be pulled in six directions. Meditation hones our innate ability to focus. Reduce brain chatter. The nattering, chattering voice in our head seems to never leave us alone. Isn't it time we gave it a little break? This next guided meditation is by Kristen Neff. If you want to learn more about her, you can go to www.self hyphen compassion.org. This practice is called the self-compassion break and it's something you can do anytime during the day or at night when you need a little self-compassion. 
So to practice this exercise, we actually need to call up a little suffering. So I'd invite you to think about a situation in your life right now that is difficult for you. Maybe you're feeling stress, or you're having a relationship problem, or you're worried about something that might happen. I'd invite you to think of something that is difficult but not overwhelmingly difficult, especially if you're new to practicing the self-compassion break. So finding a situation and getting in touch with it. What's going on? What happened? Or what might happen? Who said what? Really bring the situation to life in your mind's eye. And then I'm going to be saying a series of phrases that are designed to help us remember the three components of self-compassion when we need it most. So the first phrase is, this is a moment of suffering, right? We're bringing mindful awareness to the fact that suffering is present. And I'd invite you to find some language that speaks to you. Something like, this is really hard right now. Or, I'm really struggling. Or actually turning toward our difficulty, acknowledging it, naming it. This is a moment of suffering. The second phrase is, Suffering is a part of life. Okay, we're reminding ourselves of our common humanity. Suffering is a part of life. And again, finding language that speaks to you. It may be something like, It's not abnormal to feel this way. Many people are going through similar situations. Right, the degree of suffering may be different, the flavor of suffering may be different, but suffering is a part of life, part of being human. And then the third phrase is, may I be kind to myself in this moment. And to support bringing kindness to yourself, I'd invite you to Perhaps put your hands over your heart or some other place on your body that feels soothing and comforting. Feeling the warmth of your hands, the gentle touch. Letting those feelings of care stream through your fingers. May I be kind to myself and using any language that supports that sense of kindness. Perhaps language you would use with a good friend you cared about who was going through a very similar situation. You know, it may be something like, I'm here for you. 
going to be okay. I care about you. You can even try using a diminutive if that feels comfortable. You know, oh, darling, I'm so sorry. Or you can try calling yourself by your first name. Anything that feels natural to express your deep wish that you be well and happy and free from suffering. And then letting go of the practice and noticing how your body feels right now. Allowing any sensations to be just as they are. Allowing yourself to be just as you are in this moment. Hey everyone, it's Catherine here. I know you haven't heard from us in a while and I just wanted to sort of explain why. Joanne had a death in the family and I was very, very depressed. And then the doctors found four blood clots in my legs. Um, I have factor five laden, which is a genetic clotting disorder. And so I have four DVTs right now, which is deep vein thrombosis. And then I was out of town and then Joanne was out of town. And then we haven't just been able to get together and record anything since we've been back. So this is actually stuff that she recorded for y'all a while ago and sent to me. Uh, but I have not had the time or the motivation to get it together for you. And I apologize for that. We are going to continue with Illuminated by You. Um, we just need to discuss like whether we might do a few less over the summer because it seems to be quite a difficult time for us to put the effort into it that we want to. But we love you guys. We appreciate you. Thank you for listening. And we hope you'll continue to listen. Our goals for Illuminated by You include raising awareness and reducing stigma of mental illness, providing information for those affected by mental health struggles firsthand and their family and friends, and providing information to the general public who wish to be better informed about mental illness and the effects it can have on people and systems. Illuminated by You is produced for your enjoyment, and show notes can be found at www.illuminatedbyyou.com under the podcast tab. Come back often and feel free to add the podcast to your favorite RSS feed or iTunes. It is also available through SoundCloud. You can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Illuminated by You, at Catherine Cottom, at Joe underscore Liz with six Z's underscore yoga, and at River the Wonderdale. We can also be found on Facebook by searching for Illuminated by You. All links are in the show notes and can be found in the About Us section of the Illuminated by You website. The intro, outro, and transition music used in this and all episodes is Looking Back by Lee Rosevere.